Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Jen Fisher. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting's Unleash Your Story. I'm so grateful to have you here today speaking on your book, Work Better Together. And uh, it's so interesting because you're Deloitte's first ever chief of well-being officer. I love the name. How did that come about that that was... That you originated with that uh, title. How did that come about? Yeah, I, well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. And I get that a lot. It is it is a great title. It's also a great role. I mean, it's a, it's a very rewarding role. And I get the question, um, how did that come about? And yeah. the truth is, um, it came about a little bit out of, or a lot out of personal necessity. Um, I've been with Deloitte for 20 years or a little over 20 years. And about seven years ago, six and a half, seven years ago, I found myself at a in a place where I was completely burnt out um, to the point where you know, I really could not get out of bed or engage in my life or work in any meaningful way. And so I was forced to, to take a step back. And this was at a time, I mean, I feel like now there's so much discussion around workplace burnout, especially before the pandemic, but especially because of the pandemic. Um, we're all talking about it, but it's, it's which is great in a sense. It's not so great because we're all feeling it. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, seven years ago, burnout wasn't talked about in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And so I really did not know what I was going through. Um, you know, I just really honestly, I processed it as failure because I looked around and, you know, everybody else seemed to have it together. Everybody else seemed to be able to show up for all the roles that they played in their life, including work. And so I processed it as, wow, there's just something wrong with me, or maybe I'm not cut out to be here. Um, And 
but but you know i was forced to take some time off um to really you know focus on my health not just my physical health i was struggling with my mental health anxiety depression at the time and in doing that um you know i had to really reprioritize the role that work plays in my life and i became very passionate about and i'm going to steal a line from ariana huffington about me you know wanting to help others you know, recognize and realize that burnout isn't the price that we pay for success. And and it is absolutely something that we can and all should do. And more importantly, it's something that we can and all should expect from our employer and from our workplaces. And so when I came back to work after my leave of absence, um, I started to speak to a few people, uh, a mentor of mine, and I was actually going to resign from Deloitte because I felt so passionate about wanting to help others in this area. And she was the one that pushed back on me. And she's like, you're not going to resign because if you need this, then there's a lot of other people here that probably need it too. So I put together a business case for what well-being at Deloitte should look like um, based on a lot of research that I did. And I pitched the idea to many of our leaders and I said, give me a chance to do it. And if it doesn't work, um, then then I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> and that was about, you know, six years ago. And it's still, you know, still going strong and probably even more so. I think the pandemic has put, you know, workplace well-being on, you know, front and center on the minds and the desks of every C-suite executive, but also the entire workforce, you know, because we're mm -hmm. all feeling the effects of of work from home or just working in situations that were that are that are you know not ideal for us right <laughs> oh absolutely and now tell me your perspective jen because i recall that i wasn't always stressed in the corporate environment i've been in the corporate environment for over 30 years now and uh, early on it wasn't a problem is it really is it modern technology? Is it this that workflow is just so much quicker? What's your perspective and what has what your research shown as far as why there's more burnout? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, the, a combination of a lot of things. Certainly, um, you know, the, the technology has a role to play and it's not the technology itself because technology, technology itself isn't good or bad. It's really kind of how we choose to use it, right? And so what what has the emergence of technology into every aspect of our life, not just work, right? I mean, we are on our screens <laughs> constantly and we have evolved to, I mean, we live in this constantly connected, always on world and always on society. And, and when we're not, we experience FOMO. We think that we're missing out on something, you know, the fear of missing out, right? And so, or if we, we, we fear that if we don't respond, you know, in 10 seconds flat, that, you know, somehow we're going to be viewed as less committed or less loyal or less interested or less engaged, right? And so, you know, I think technology has certainly contributed to that um, because we don't know how to turn it off and we're not very good at it whether that's in our work lives or our personal lives, we're just always on, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, but I also think that one of the things that in our research that, um, you know, we call it work better together and how relationships significantly impact our well-being negatively and positively in the workplace and, and having, you know, and so technology has actually significantly impacted our, the way that we work together and our ability to, really develop meaningful relationships in the workplace because so much of it has become, you know, 
you know, digital, right? And so we're, we, we, even when we were working in an office, I mean, I'm guilty of it. You know, if there was somebody down the hall and I didn't want to get up and go talk to them, I would just ping them and say like, hey, can you send me this, right? And when we didn't have those types of technologies, we would get up and actually walk down the hall and have a nice conversation. I also think that this is further exacerbated. I mean, it was really interesting to be writing this book um, mm -hmm. about relationships in the workplace during a time when all we had to keep us connected was our technology, right? And so there's mm -hmm. the yin and the yang, like everything mm -hmm. in life, right? There is the positive side of technology because it does allow us to stay connected. It's really just, you know, we're not, we, the technology is still using us. We're not using the technology. And we need mm -hmm. to learn to use technology to bring forward our humanity and augment our humanity versus the other way around. Ooh, good one. That is really awesome. Yeah, it's so true. I remember when we first were on lockdown in New York, it bothered me because I like, even if I'm not like going to their desk, I like being around other yeah. people. Yeah. And now, even though New York is kind of getting back to the groove, they're still separating people. So you feel like you can't be as together as, as you used to be. But to your point as well, when we were doing the digital thing, it was our only kind of lifeline. Yeah. And had we not had that Zoom and other technologies, we would have really been in a hole had uh, we had that work from home. We couldn't. Yeah. So that was a plus. Uh, what I found also that was really hard for people like my friend was single and on lockdown. And then what did that mean for her connecting to other individuals? That, that takes a toll, I'm sure, stress-wise and on your well-being. Yeah. And are you able to give when you feel so depleted, yeah. not connected? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one of the biggest solutions that we found for burnout in the workplace is having i mean we're not you know we're not suggesting that you know everybody in the workplace has to be your best friend right i mean that's not possible but we did find in our research and there's lots of other external research to back that up is that when you feel connected to others in the workplace when you feel a sense of belonging that gives you meaning and purpose you know that that gives you somebody that you can you know call up i am you know send a message to when you're having a great day but also when you're having a bad day right and when you don't have that in the workplace or any relationship in your life i mean there's there's a lot of distance that's created and you don't feel that sense of connection that sense of belonging um, to the organization or to the work that you're doing. And that that can lead to burnout or, you know, can be part of what leads to burnout. And so having those outlets, those relationships that lift you up, that give you that ability to call someone up to vent, um, to feel like you're seen and heard, that is a good, you know, I mean, that is a solution, one of the solutions for burnout. And I mean, it's, and it's true in my life. I mean, people ask me all the time, well, if you were burned out, like why, what made you stay at Deloitte for so long? I've been here for 20 years. And I'll tell you what made me, what's made me stay at Deloitte is, I mean, Deloitte's a great organization, but it's the people and it's the relationships that I've developed. And it's the times, you know, the peaks and the valleys where I've had people there by my side to lift me up, you know, to hold my hand, to, you know, have my back. Um, and that's what's kept me around for so long. You know, and I think the end of the day, Jen, no matter where you are, work or personal, it really starts with relationships. It's not the job. Because so many people, and it's funny, someone had said, people don't change jobs. They change situations. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because they're getting away from maybe bad people or yep. a boss. But is that really going to change anything at the end of the day? Because you'll yep. go to a new place with new problems because yep. every job will not be perfect. Right, right. Yeah.
Yep. Now, Absolutely. what is your, your take to say a business owner listening in and she's not getting the response from her employees or her, his employees and saying, how do they better connect with each other and build that foundation of well-being in their organization? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as a as a leader of people, as a team leader, or even just as as a colleague, I mean, you know, there's so many simple things that you can do. And we talk about this in the book. Um, but, you know, one of my favorite things um, that, that I do, I mean, first of all, it's, it's, you know, making time, I think, especially what m- is missing um, in a virtual or hybrid world, are what I call those serendipitous interactions. So those interactions that like you were talking about that, you know, you would have just walking down the hallway, running into somebody or the conversations that you would have about what you did over the weekend or how your family is doing before a meeting starts or, or mm-hmm. after a meeting ends. You know, those are missing in the virtual world or they're a, a lot harder to do. They're a lot more challenging to do. And so and this isn't you know, this isn't rocket science. This isn't blowing anybody's mind mm-hmm. now. But, you know, I mean, one of the things I do with my team is when we have a team meeting in the chat. I ask them to put in, you know, three things that, you know, two or three things, two or three emotions or things that they're feeling today. Or, you know, ask them, is is there anything that is, you know, keeping you from being fully present in this meeting today? Um, and and the and, and and what that does is number one, as a leader, it, you know, it shows that you are okay with emotions in the workplace and you are recognizing that. You know, we're not always going to all show up at our best every single day. We're humans and we have bad days and I have bad days, too. But what it also does is, you know, say, for example, you put into the chat that you're feeling, you know, depressed and hopeless. I don't have to address it in that moment, but I can I can come back to you later and say, hey, what's going on? How can I support you? What do you need? So it's a really quick way to get a pulse of how your team is doing. Now, that might feel really uncomfortable for some people if you're not, you know, if you don't tend to kind of show emotion in the workplace. And we talk about this a lot in the book where we talk about emotions. You know, it's it's kind of like we were all taught like, oh, check your emotions at the door. Well, that's not possible. We're human beings. We have emotions. Right. And as a leader understanding your team's emotions, like what makes them angry, what makes them happy, what makes them excited. That is incredible data because that that teaches you like, okay, how do I motivate this person? How do I get them to do their best? How do I get them to be engaged? Another thing that you can do that, you know, a lot of people at Deloitte will tell you is I, you know, ask a more probing question other than how are you? We all just reflect you know yeah fine good you know and then we move on i ask people how they're sleeping (laughs) good one you know really bad most of the time yeah people are like wait what why why do you want to know how i'm sleeping well the truth is is i know if i know how you're sleeping then i usually know how you're doing but you know how are you really what you know what's bothering you is there something i can do to support you i mean asking kind of more specific questions to people Mm -hmm. other than how are you and kind of probing a little bit, you don't have to be aggressive or, you know, or, or like too intrusive about it, but just kind of asking a different question because it does get people's attention. Um, and it allows them, it kind of gives them that permission to say something different or something other than fine or good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
This brings to point, Jen, uh, one thing I got working at home with a lot of my associates is I, uh, one gal I was talking to weekly started to reveal to me bit by bit that she was super stressed and so was I um, because we, as you were mentioning, the technologies are great, but at home, a lot of my friends were saying that I'm not turning it off when yeah, five yeah. o'clock hits. When we were in the office, you start seeing people leave. You're like, I got to get the bus. So then you, you start- permission to say, okay, the, the, the work so day in, for the most part is ending. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you would have those cues, whether it be yeah. for lunch. Now, myself included, I wouldn't leave my, my desk. I would be there till eight or 10 o'clock at night. And uh, my friend was like, you know, I feel like they don't understand. They send me reports at midnight and say, can you get this to me by, you know, in the morning? I'm like, the morning. It is the morning. <laughs> so, but you know, I'd like that we maybe address what can employees do to really open that dialogue as well. It's not all on your bosses or the business owners. What can you do to have that honest conversation if you're feeling overwhelmed so you don't get that burnout, that you let them know? Because then, you know, like my friend was saying, they don't, um, they don't, uh, what's the word? She, they don't care about me as a person. And that's not yeah. true, perhaps. It's you, you're not letting them know where you're at and what what you're going through. That That's absolutely right. And, and <laughs> I talk about what we're talking about is boundaries. And I talk yeah. about boundaries a lot. And I think what you're getting at is, mm -hmm. you know, what I challenge people with when they, when they come to me to talk about boundaries is, look, you know, we're really good at locking up our homes, locking up our car. We lock up our stuff. But when it comes to our own personal well-being, we are terrible at telling people, hey, no, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the other thing about boundaries that I think, you know, boundaries get a bad rap because a lot of people think that boundaries is just about saying no. And it's not about saying no. It's actually about saying, hey, this doesn't work for me. Can we find a different solution? Can I help you find a different solution? Can I connect you with someone that might be able to help you, right? And so sometimes it's about saying no. But I also think when you say no, when you set a boundary, that's about saying yes. To, to something that's more important to you, right? Yeah. And so it's hard. It's certainly hard in the workplace. It's hard if you are a, a more junior employee and you don't feel like you have that permission, right? But I do think that you can have an open and honest conversation and you should have an open and honest conversation. You know, um, I, there, there's a great... Um, a, a great practice that I read about recently that's called an entry interview. And as a leader, when you bring somebody onto your team, you know, asking them questions about like, hey, what is important to you? What are your, you know, your personal needs outside of work? Do you have any, you know, any, any boundaries or are there things that you need to do? Are there times during the day that, you know, you need to be away from your computer, etc. I mean, I think the thing about sending reports at midnight, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, honestly, like, first of all, I would talk to that leader and just be like, why aren't, well, number one, why aren't you sleeping? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> be, you know, because, you know, if you're asking somebody to read a really important report, especially if it's like a financial report, I mean, you, the, the, the opportunity that you, the negative opportunity that you're creating for a mistake to happen mm -hmm. by having somebody review something in the middle of the night is huge. I mean, we don't want pilots that haven't slept. We don't no. want surgeons that haven't slept. <laughs> you know, I work in accounting and business, you know, business consulting. I mean, we, you don't want somebody doing your audit that hasn't slept. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so, I mean, I think that, you know, being reasonable about the time mm -hmm. that, that you shut down, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, we all need to 
get a little bit better than that, yeah. at, better at that. And so, um, you know, if you have a boss that is regularly sending you things in the middle of the night, you know, having a conversation to say, hey, look, you know, I know that you like to work late and that's your style. It's yeah. not my style. So I just want you to know when you send me those things really late at night, I will get back to you the next, you know, I'll get back to you the next morning, you know, and mm -hmm. just state that very matter of factly, like, hey, I recognize that might be your work style, but it's not mine, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and so, um, you know, and, and, and then, you know, I mean, that's setting a boundary, right? If they have yeah. a problem with it, they'll let you know. And then, you know, at least you kind of know, but, and you can, you can take action from there, whether or not this is the right place for you to be or the right person for you to be working for. But right. I also just, you know, I mean, the thing about leaders, right? Leaders are human too. Leaders have mm -hmm. a lot going on. Everybody's busy. And sometimes mm -hmm. leaders, including myself, we don't always, you know, recognize or understand the downstream impact of our actions. And so yeah. I think coming to your leader with some solutions as opposed mm -hmm. to just saying, hey, I have a problem, right? Like, you know, talk to a couple other people on your team. What are some ideas? What are some things mm -hmm. that you want to try and take ownership of it and go to your leader and say, hey, this is really important to me or really important to us. How do you feel about us trying a few things? You know, we talk about team behaviors and norms. And one of the things that has been really helpful as, as a team, setting our standard working hours. You know, yeah. what, when can we generally all expect to be online and generally expect to hear from each other in a reasonable amount of time? And mm -hmm. outside of those hours, if there is an emergency, and I mean an emergency, how are we going to get in touch with each other? And it's not mm -hmm. by email because then everybody feels like they have to constantly be checking email. So yeah. is it text message? Is it some sort of, mm -hmm. you know, um, other like, you know, platform where you can communicate? Is it picking up the phone and calling, you know? And I mean real emergency because there's, you know, depending on the job that you do, a lot of the things that we think are emergencies aren't really emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I like what you say, Jen, because this, uh, one of my old bosses used to say that he's like, if you have a problem, please come with a b c d yeah. res resolutions and i you know what was great about it is it empowered each person on the team to feel like okay i got this and he trusts me to come in with solutions and then we talk over what's the best one and he lets me run with it yep. um so the, those are great we could talk all day i want to keep going but uh <laughs> we do have to end but i don't want us to leave without everyone finding out how they can get an awesome copy of your book work better together how can they do that yeah, they can uh, get it at their favorite uh, book retailer. Um, absolutely. Obviously, Amazon has it, but any book retailer should have it or be able to order it for you. Um, and if anybody wants to connect with me or follow me, um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Jen Fisher. I'm at JenFish23 on both Twitter and Instagram as well. Awesome. Well, Jen Fisher, I really thank you for coming to talk on this very important topic. Uh, a lot of people I'm working with are overly stressed and they don't have to be. I think every company should have a chief well-being officer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a wonderful night and thanks for coming to Savvy Broadcasting this evening. Thank you for having me. It was a great conversation. You betcha. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365 day returns. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 